0: Welcome, everybody, to the Episode 60 Hangover Edition. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. Will. Corey. And Chris is also with us because we're recording in between segments. He's mid-slice of pizza right now, so it's so good. (laughs) We're chowing down some pizza. (laughs) So um, Corey joined us with his Skype on his phone uh, because Will is going to be talking about the indoctrination theory on Mass Effect 3, I guess, he watched some documentaries on it with the uh, with the extended cut DLC and all that stuff. It, it, it's it's uh, changed a little bit, so he's gonna he's gonna walk us through it. So, yeah, what do you got for us, Will? All right, Take so it away.
1: these documentaries, <coughs> I spent. We're actually gonna talk about this for our last Hangover episode, but it was like midnight yeah, and it was late. We couldn't function anymore, so we just did Plant Side. But so this has been for like two weeks. So I watched those videos then, and I watched them again yesterday and today. Mm-hmm. So there are three. Uh, hour and a half long documentaries in the indoctrination theory and they are made by Julian Clock who made he made these documentaries and his YouTube account is Clever Noob Network and I recommend anybody who's interested in Mass Effect to at least watch the newest extended cut one. Okay. Um Clever Noob Network? Clever Noob Network. Yep. Okay. Basically the indoctrination theory for those who don't know is that after Shepard gets hit by Harbinger beam at the final sequence of the game is basically people believe is a dream sequence that the Reapers are trying to indoctrinate Shepard to convert his mind into thinking like them. Okay, so this is the start. At the beginning of the game, Shepard watches the kid playing with the toy ship. When you and Anderson run out of the building when the Reapers attack you and you see the boy run through the door, the boy that was running through the door was locked. If you look at it closely, the door was tight, was locked. Another thing is, when you look at the roof that he was playing on, people said it's a park, but really, it's just a random roof. Uh-huh. And how could he run from that random roof and get to that like balcony to run through the door because it is not connected at all? He would have had to go a very long and roundabout way for him to be able to get there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you could write that off as lazy story.
2: Right. Thing. Okay. Suspend disbelief.
1: Yeah. Which, I mean, some of this you can. He said... Because This guy is like a critic on this theory, but he believes that this is true. He said a lot of this could be taken as you know, lazy story by BioWare because this, like, no other game's been picked apart as much as this as, game, yeah, has yeah, as, clo- as closely as Mass Effect 3. Um, this is another one we've brought up. How's no one else noticed the boy at all?
0: Yeah, and that not once in the game in, in the intro, intro se- sequence did people notice him.
1: Mm hmm. Um, another one is when he runs through that locked door, and the Reaper blasts that building that he's in. All that like heat and stuff would go through the vent because the you know the sheet yeah, would conduct sucks, the heat. Yeah. How how's the boy in there? Right. How would he be still alive? <clears throat> so that's another one. Um, when Shepard got hit by the beam, he was pretty far back from the laser that uh Harbinger's beam. He's very far back from the laser that shoot him up to the Citadel. But when he wakes up, he is much much closer to it. And physics like would show that he would get launched backwards, backwards yeah. not forward. Right. So that doesn't really make sense at all. Right. Um, the post harbinger sounds are the same as the dream sequence. So only the post laser sounds are a little higher pitched. So that's basically saying that the laser that hit Shepard has that like the reaper sound. You know that like, the buzzing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that's another one. Um, so we also talked about the background a little bit. Uh, when Shepard gets hit by the laser, yeah, the background you know kind of has that dream sequence feel. Mm-hmm. But there's actual proof that the heli- there's a helicopter that was crashed there before Shepard gets hit by the beam gets replaced by a tree.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I, I did hear that somewhere else
1: too. Mm-hmm. Um, after Shepard gets hit by the beam, by Harbinger's beam that is, Anderson's text box when that pops up says Admiral Anderson, which in the game even in Mass Effect One it never said Admiral Anderson. Right. So why now would they start putting in Admiral Anderson? Right. Um the piles of bodies match outside uh when Shepherd first wakes up, there's piles of bodies that match Caden's and Mashley, Ashley's Mass Effect One uh armor. Yep, I've seen that. Um, and that's a yeah, decision like, the
3: texture is like colored after their armor, right? Yep.
1: Yep, and you can see the faces and stuff like that, and that's a decision that has haunted Shepherd. Since he made that decision, so for them to put that the Reapers to put that there, that it would, would be, weaken his mind a lot. Yeah, because he still regrets that. It's
0: still hanging around in his subconscious,
1: mm-hmm. and even when he's on the Citadel, you know, when he first walks into the long hallway, there's two bodies that have the Ashley and Caden armor, like hanging on like posts or whatever. Uh-huh. So you see those there. Um, after Shepard gets hit by Harbinger's beam, the background is blurred and pulsating. Which they he connected that the uh, the transition sequence when after he gets hit by the beam has this white light with black corners in the in the corners of the screen and he every time that there was an instance of non reality that that exact transition yep. was used yeah so that's another thing that he pointed out and found which I found was interesting
0: yeah that's a little more specific than a
1: lot of the other stuff that he's talking about exactly well, he's had more time he's yeah he said for three months he dissected these. And by the way, but the way I'm going through this is there's going to be no, like, r- order of this because I watched, like, the first documentary, took notes on it. So, like, stuff that he had for, like, Shepard getting hit by Harbinger's beam, it's going to be spread about because when I watched the second documentary, he started there again. Yeah, you know, okay. So there's going to be kind of, you know. That's fine. Joke overlap. <laughs> <laughs> so in every cutscene, Shepard has this customizable armor that you set up for him, but in this one, his armor is different. Yeah. And people said that it's just charred or badly burned. But you can tell that it's very different from the armor that the guy picked. It was the light and blue. Light blue and uh, light gray armor. And you could say it's badly charred, but the shoulders don't match up. Right. So why now would they make you have different or specific armor? Um, Why is the elusive man on the citadel? And how did he get there? There is no clarification to that, which even for the extended cut, I don't think there's any clarification to that. No, I don't think so. I remember. He walked. (laughs) He walked. Um, Anderson says he sees a moving wall, but as you're going through, there really is no moving wall that he says that, like, flipped 180 or something like that, he said. Something weird like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, this is a uh, big one. Anderson and the Elusive Man represent the two sides of Shepard's mind. Anderson represents the side that Shepard is fighting indoctrination, and the Elusive Man shows the side that it is giving in to the indoctrination, and this is shown by the shadows. If you watch the shadows in that scene where the two are talking they don't match the lighting in the room. Basically, the shadows are, like, the exact opposite of each other. Okay. So if you look at those shadows very closely, you can see that they are, you know, don't act with the lights and just are obviously divided, which is a cool one because they're usually good with the lighting and, like, shadows and stuff like that. And he pointed out that the Mass Effect BioWare, uh, when they're making the game, uses, like, close up with cameras and like shadows and stuff to be able to get more of a better meaning out of a scene or like yeah do that type of stuff the f-
0: more film type uh yeah tricks
1: exactly um the, sh- the scene where shepherd and anderson are talking and the elusive man uh anderson says you're being indoctrinated they're controlling you and anderson looks at the camera which is shepherd's point of view and judging by the eyes it's looking right at the camera he's looking right past the elusive man's shoulder Um, This is a little bit harder to explain, but someone looked through the dialogue files for that exact scene, and basically the whole, like, dream sequence, and Shepard is listed as the varial B, which is the listener, and they found this out as because Shepard, being B, occasionally has lines where he talks, and varial B, which is Shepard, is listed as the listener for everything in that, so the, you're being controlled, they're indoctrinating you line is being directed towards Shepard, and not the elusive man. Oh, and also the gamer. And the gamer.
0: Wow. Okay. You're
1: being indoctrinated.
0: That's pretty important. That very. Right there.
1: Very. Um, in the indoctrination codex entry, whenever you hear a Reaper growl, it's a sign of a failure of an indoctrination attempt, mm. which you hear a lot because they pump up the sounds more and more so you can hear the hidden Reaper sounds that yeah. they have in that, in that entire sequence, which is... is You hear it a lot. Okay. The eyes are clearly a sign of indoctrination. They yeah. have the the blue iris with the two light or three light blue dots around it. Yeah. And when Shepard chooses control and synthesis, you see those eyes like that. Mm. And not when you do destroy. Also, the catalyst is big for the scene. If you choose to destroy the Reapers, the catalyst disappears quick and is angry in an angry manner. If you choose to control, he stays, and a little bit longer he lingers with a smirk on his face because he wants you to pick control or synthesis. Yeah. But when you choose destroy, he you can tell he's angry and just disappears as quick as he can. Um, and he's no, not present for synthesis. Uh, when the elusive man shoots himself in the head, there's no blood. Which every other time there has been somebody who shot himself in the head, like Saren. There's been blood. Yeah. In Mass Effect Two, when um, you're doing Samara's when you get first meet Samara with the investigation. Yeah. There's blood when uh, that one person committed suicide. I can't remember the name.
0: Yeah, it was another. Uh, sorry, just a car, mm-hmm. wasn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah, but there's blood. <clears throat> so we're gonna go back to the Arrival DLC. During the Arrival DLC, Harbinger says, we will control you, Shepard, very blatantly. Mm -hmm. And Shepard comes into contact with Harbinger going down that hill. So uh, he has plans of trying to control him. More DLC, the Arrival DLC. The people working there, who were going through the indoctrination process, wrote on the data pads that they were having these nightmares with oily uh, shadows and figures. Mm -hmm. And Bioware put the emphasis on the dream sequences with Shepard and the little Mm boy. In the Arrival DLC, if you let the Uh, counter reaches zero the Reapers have you know arrived Um, that and it says uh, critical mission failure and it flashes a 10 second hallucination hallucination of uh, what's going to happen to the world and middle people claim that that's the first signs of like Shepard's uh, facing indoctrination because he was exposed for two days of Reaper artifact in a uh, facility where everybody was being affected by it and turning indoctrinated and so why would Bioware put this hallucination video in if most people are not even going to see it right <clears throat> um, in Mass Effect One, the Rachni Queen says something about the Reaper's sour sounds with dark oily figures. In the dreams in Mass Effect Three, there are a ton of oily figures, and after he's been hit by Harbinger, you you know there's the oily figures around the screen. Also, the Rachni Queen keeps mentioning the sour sounds in Mass Effect One and Three, and those sour sounds are heard from the crucial most crucial parts of the game. <clears throat> Example is the dreams, and after getting hit by Harbinger, and during the Citadel In the Crucible parts. You hear the Harbinger making his sour sounds. Um, in the extended cut, before Shepard gets blown to Kingdom Calm by Harbinger, Harbinger says, "Serve us." It's very clearly heard. The guy who did the documentary disproved it, but to me, you, I don't think you can disprove it. It clearly says, "Serve us." He said that it's the same for every language that that sound. He said that doesn't clear. That doesn't mean that he said "serve us." But I mean, come on. Why would Bioware Take time to put that in, right? That if that wasn't in in originally, right? So I, I mean, he disproved it, but I don't think that could be disproved. Do you think it could be an editing error? Could be. He said that you know that that stuff could happen because, like he said, no end of the game has been analyzed as much as this game, so could be a lot of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he also said that it could be Bioware just throwing that in there to stir the pot, Mm -hmm. so people you know talk more about it. Yeah. This one is a little crazy. The, there's a 1M1 labeled in the citadel everywhere, yeah. and 1M1 are elements of an equation that has something to do with dioptery, which also means convergence, and convergence has three meanings, uh, the act of moving towards union or uniformity, a meeting place, and the intersection of three electron beams for a blue, green, and red onto a single pixel in a cathode ray tube. Oh. And these all mean, all have something to do with uh, mass effect, the act of moving towards uniform, and un- uniformity as something, a synthesis basically. Yeah. Uh, a meeting place is the crucible where he meets the star child or the however you want to call him. And I mean, obviously the intersection of the three colors, that's obviously the three choices. Uh Um, during the dream sequence, there's a lot of humming, which is a sign of indoctrination. There's also that serve us that I brought up earlier, I guess is in the sound files for the dream sequence, but the players can't hear it. So (laughs) that's there in the sound files, I should say. When looking at the three options from afar, the background on the control side is very bleak and dark, and when you look onto the destroy side, it looks very bright and hopeful. Hmm. Which that could not mean anything. That could just be, you know, that just could be a coincidence. But you know, why not? Put that in there. There's trio reflections on the citadel area where the shepherd, where Shepard and the Catalyst is talking. Which that is where you go fly mode in your uh, computer version. You fly around to different areas, and there's tree reflections into the metal. Hmm. Um, The explosion of the mass relay started in the Viper Nebula, which is where the Arrival DLC was played. Shouldn't the explosion take place in the local cluster where Earth and the Citadel were located? Also, the Viper Nebula doesn't even have a relay because of the events of Arrival DLC.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point.
1: So, I mean, BioWare would not miss that, I think. Starting the explosion in the nebula that the Arrival took place, that's more than... That can't be. Oh, yeah. That's how I. I think that's one of the biggest ones for me.
3: Well, when did the arrival DLC come out?
1: Most uh, Mass Effect two. two.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that then.
1: Yeah, that that can't be missed.
2: Well, I'm gonna play Devil's Advocate a little bit. I don't want to interrupt much, but a lot of this can be just decisions made due to uh, memory and playability restrictions. What do you like, mean? Like, say, reusing that star, you know, that that area, just as a means of saving memory and programming time just to meet a deadline.
1: They were they were apparently on a deadline, which is what it said, but I don't think they would mess up the CGI for it, because CGI takes a while to produce and make every, make everything. They would have picked up that they started that in the exact cluster where the Arrival DLC lost a relay, and the relay is not there in the game, so why would the blast start there? Yeah.
0: I don't think that's something they'd miss in editing.
1: No. And plus, they would be very, very careful with CGI with that. I think I think that's one of the irrefutable ones in my book.
0: Go, do you have more?
1: Oh, a ton more. Okay, go ahead. Uh, in the files, there's <laughs> – by the way, if anybody has any question on any of these, just interrupt because I'm trying to do my best to explain it. You have to watch the videos. He does way better yeah. explaining
0: it. We'll Maybe we'll post them on our website.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'll tweet him if he has a Twitter or something saying, yeah. hey, we talked about your your videos. But anyway – in the files, there's we a scene. We should get that punk on the, on the podcast. He would, I think. He seems like a nice dude, in my book. But anyway, in the files, there's a scene. The scene where the Normandy crashes on the uh, the, the planet, the overgrown, you know, lush planet, is called Dream Foliage. Which
0: is. That's kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Which to me. Did, did uh, you say Dream Foliage? Yes, Dream Foliage. Wow. So, I mean, that's another one for me. Um, how is Joker not injured from the crash at all? His bones is his bones blast. are extremely brittle. Yeah. So how could the blast from the crucible firing in any of the endings not affect him at all? And then how and could a him crashing. Hitting, crashing really, really hard into a planet not affect him at all?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, he didn't get injured when the Normandy got destroyed.
1: Well, no, because Shepard... Evacuated put him in him, in a, yeah. evacuated him early because uh, he knew Jeff was going to be messed up from it. Uh,
2: but wasn't the, like, the
1: ship in pieces when he did that?
0: Uh, yeah, but he kind of just threw him and took him in there, and then you didn't hear from him until years later.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, sure. the other side of the ship, the the cockpit where he was wasn't affected. It was the back of the ship that got hit first, I think.
0: Yeah, the cockpit was was, was good still. Mm. Which and I the, mean... There's I, that cool part where you're walking to the cockpit. And it's... Uh, and, and you're, like, out in space because the hole was blown in the back of the ship. Familiar. It was quiet and around. Yeah, and they have,
1: they have the, like, the mass effect field to protect <laughs> the cockpit. Yeah, that was, one, that was a great, great scene. Great scene. That was a great, great scene. That was a tear-jerking scene, too. Mm-hmm. But anyway, continue. Um, Shepard shoots Anderson in the left abdomen because <clears throat> uh, the elusive man tells him to, pretty much. But when <clears throat> uh, Anderson dies... Shepard grabs his left abdomen and covers it, and looks down, and it's bleeding. Yeah. And many people said that that's from the Marauder that shot him, but the Marauder shot him in the right shoulder, not the left lower abdomen. And with that scene, they really zoomed in on the the, the bullet wound. Yeah. And as I said before, that Massive or Bioware, my bad, has you know makes it a point to do that type of stuff for really you know get a get a message across. Yeah. And Shepard even looks surprised yep. when he gets that wound.
3: Well, yeah. if I can jump in here for a second, yeah, um, that that part that you just mentioned when when he you know clutched his left abdomen is one part that really stuck out stuck out to me when I played it through the first time, mm-hmm. um, and that was before I knew anything about the indoctrination theory. Yeah, you're just like so I was like, well, what the heck? That's that's so weird. Like yeah. even I caught that I caught that without even yeah you know, knowing the indoctrination theory. Mm. Yeah,
1: it doesn't add up
0: at all.
3: Yeah, like why would yeah. he suddenly start bleeding from there? Yeah,
1: um when the crucible fires during the destroy options not sure in the others though the inner ring of the crucible explodes where Shepard is and how could Shepard survive that and proceed to fall into London from space which I'm going to get more into all the things that should have killed Shepard but didn't a little bit later um, Shepard and the Catalyst were talking out in outer space where there was no oxygen. Casey Hudson said there was no barrier to provide oxygen, but when, like I said, the crucible fires and explodes, there would be no barrier anymore to protect him, And Shepard didn't have a helmet, which in Mass Effect 2, when Normandy exploded and he was in outer space, he died. He died. Yeah. P- many people believe that Major Coates is indoctrinated because he's been fighting the Reapers for a while in uh, London. And people said he's very pessimistic and, you know, kind of holds the progress up. There's a little bit more on him. He disproved that and then went back on that later and said he gave it either a red X, which means, you know, that's crap, don't believe that, a plausible, which, you know, you could take it either way or completely confirmed, and he ended up making this plausible later, which I'll get into more. Um, There's tweets from Bioware, you know, saying, you know, hinting towards the indoctrination theory and stuff like that. Um, Like somebody tweeted Jessica Marazin saying something about how, the indoctrination is a ton of crap and chose something. I don't remember the exact thing. The guy said that that disproved it, and she said that doesn't disprove the indoctrination theory at all.
2: Well, uh, I'm kind of questioning when those tweets are happening. Was it in conjunction with possible, like, the relation of DLC just get people kind of back into... Uh, back it was back. early. Was it earlier? It was like, that, cause it was like it was March only, 9th, I believe. It was only a
0: couple days after Mass Effect 3 came out that, pe- that people started developing this theory. Well, yeah. Because yeah. everyone was pissed off about the ending.
2: Well, I was just wondering about uh, Bioware's tweets. Well, she, she she was a...
1: I'm not really sure what she did, to be honest. Yeah. Not probably nothing. It was a person.
2: Well, I was just wondering, like, it was for, like... The, it was like, March 9th. It was, okay. like, very early. Okay, so there's no new content in development or anything like
1: no, that? No, not that time.
2: It and. Was,
0: game came out on the 6th, right? The March 6th, 6th.
1: Yeah. And they tell you that the indoctrination theory is a very valid way to interpret the ending because mm-hmm. they want you to interpret it any way you can which I think they're going to eventually go and use the indoctrination theory but they keep on saying, you know, whatever. Whether
0: or not they had planned on doing so or not, I think that's where most people I, th- I think want to see the, the way ending the, game, go. the ending go. go. Yeah.
3: What, what I believe... Well, I was going to say, well, I think... I think- using the indoctrination theory is, is a pretty strong word I think they just want that to be in the discussion forever I don't think they'll ever confirm it one way or the other
2: right well they it'd be it, foolish on their part in my opinion
1: yeah well there's I mean there's a lot more information towards the end of all my notes for this but I think that my hopeful situation was because Bioware was apparently you know pressed for time to uh, complete this game that my best case scenario is they wanted to do the indoctrination theory but couldn't Execute it to the full effect that they wanted to, right. because EA had these time constraints on them. Yeah. So my, you know, I hope that they wanted to do this the whole time and just did this ending to go over every, over everyone's head. Yeah, but that's just me being hopeful.
0: Yeah. I, if I, if anyone could pull it off, though, it's Bioware. That's
2: what I think because go over our heads. So huh? yeah,
1: that's what I. I think the way they did it first was right, and then I hope they released DLC to be like, yeah, the indoctrination theory was right, but.
2: Well, I, like I hate, I'd hate for that. Comfort. And then it's like, well, that would ruin completely the discussion and the overall mystique of the, the, the series.
1: Yeah. Well, I think they're if they do do the indoctrination theory, it's gonna be the last last thing they do.
3: Yeah, I just hope they
2: don't do it for,
0: for Mass Effect three.
1: That's gonna be like their. I-
3: Ahead, I still don't know what you mean by by do the indoctrination theory. Do you mean like ad- advance the story beyond yeah. the ending that yeah, takes after, into consideration the indoctrination afterwards. theory?
1: Yeah, after Shepard takes the breath and the destroy ending, which I think what's going to happen is if you chose destroy, you know, Shepard takes the breath, you mean you can play as him as, to finish the story. But I think if he dies and control our synthesis, I think it would be awesome if you control, like, your love interest or, like, Garrus uh, yeah. and finish the story.
3: Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of with Chris in that, you know, in in choosing one that that is the the way to read it, it kind of ruins the mystique of the whole thing. And, I mean, honestly, the problem is, especially in the video gaming industry, is the team at BioWare right now and the people responsible for the indoctrination theory, if that's what they intended, are smart enough to say let's let's leave it at that and, and have this great discussion around it forever. Mm-hmm. But the problem is with the video games industry is they want closer. who owns Mass Effect. In no no EA. no. Who owns Mass Effect? Yeah. EA and EA all they have to do is say, Hey, I know how we can make some money. You know, ten years from now, I know how we can make some money. Let's 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 grasp onto this indoctrination theory and, and run with it, which sucks. Yeah. Um
2: That's that that was my but, kind of my point. I'm glad you Went into that? Well, yeah.
1: if, if they want Mass Effect 4, they can't really make a Mass Effect 4 over the end of Mass Effect 3 because it's so open-ended on what you could do. So if they wanted to, they could use the indoctrination theory to make a Mass Effect 4, which makes them more money. So yeah, I no, s- no, but
3: what what I'm saying what I'm saying is the team at Bioware, the smart people behind this brilliant ending to you know a great epic, probably are interested in keeping it at that. Yeah, for that no. Very reason.
1: I I have um, just expanded upon your point. I'm just saying that EA, if they wanted to make another Mass Effect game for more money, they could you know narrow the ending down so they could do it because they right. can't do that with right. the ending that we have right now
3: right and and it's unfortunate because there's there's arguably this brilliant piece of art that will suffer the the wrath of EA at some point probably
0: see my my whole thought on the on the indoctrination theory was that it was the the plan all along and their whole plan was to indoctrinate you know the the, the fan the fans you know and that's why they did it and you know that there will be a reveal at some point that's, of
1: I'm with Dan on that. Yeah, that's what I think. And that's what I'm
0: hoping for because as it stands now I like it, the extended cut was was better but I I don't like the way it ended still to but this you day.
2: S- you see that I think that it's more interesting that you're always questioning whether you're indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is more intriguing because it's like it goes to the deeper philosophical human question: Is like, are we indoctrinated human beings as we exist right now? Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of like a microcosm in a video game that kind of makes it palatable for you to start thinking about it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I guess it's a lot easier than hearing a professor drone on for forty-five minutes three days a week in philosophy class Mm -hmm. where you shouldn't be getting paid.
1: Yeah. Mm. Which I'm going to try and write a paper about Mass Effect 3 if I get an opportunity to work it in this year.
2: It should, because it's, yeah. it's a very viable art form, I, I believe.
1: Yeah. But anyway, moving on, because I still have a lot. This is another big one. Hearing voices in your head during these supposed dream sequences are proven to be a sign of indoctrination, which this has all been speculation before. This has actually been proven. Ram, Rana Thanoptis, I don't know if you guys remember her from Mass Effect 1. She was the Asari scientist who mm-hmm. worked on Vermeier, mm-hmm. and you could let her go, and she you know gave you information about what was going on there. Uh, there's some quotes from her from Mass Effect 1. She says, Sovereign signal is too strong. Spend too much time near the ship and you feel it. Like a tingle at the back of your skull. It's like a whisper you can't quite hear. You're compelled to do the things that... You're compelled to do those things, but you don't know why. You just obey and eventually you just stop thinking for yourself. It happens to everyone at the facility. My first subject was the man I replaced. Now I just want to get out of here before it happens to me. And she also says, Signals are not exactly the right word. There's some kind of energy emanating from from the ship and it changes the thought patterns and indoctrination is subtle by the time the effects become noticeable, it's too late. And then Rana makes an appearance in mass effect two. And then again, in three, but this is the appearance she made in three as an Alliance news article. And here's what the article said. Um, Thessia, Thessia, an Asari scientist, Rana Thanoptis, has died in custody, allegedly committing suicide after she arrested for murdering of multiple Asari, military officials prior to her death. Investigators, (laughs) <laughs> said Thanoptus spoke of voices in her head which they believed to be indicative of indoctrination. The voices foretold the ascension of the Asari and told Thanoptus that anyone fighting the Reapers needed to die. And this is huge because this is the first documented and proven case of indoctrination. And um, before everybody could only assume that these were signs of indoctrination. Now these are actually proven mm-hmm. through the Alliance. Yeah. So basically these voices are indoctrination attempts by the reapers yeah
0: and as strong you know as strong of a person and strong-willed as shepherd was it seems like no matter what you do you succumb to it eventually you mm-hmm. know and her and time frame you know matches. he's got three games worth of
1: stuff and i actually list some of the stuff that should have affected him in a minute on uh, her time frame of being indoctrinated matches Shepard's exactly three years yeah um, and here's some examples of what should have started the indoctrination process. Uh, Shepard encountered Sovereign on Edom Prime and activated the Beacon. Shepard was present at the lab Rana was at. Shepard fought Saren, who was indoctrinated by the other Reaper forces. Um, he's been around many indoctrinated people and let the, Th- the Thorians seek minds with him. He was aboard a dead Reaper for a little bit. The Normandy carried a Reaper IFF, discovered and made contact with Reaper artifacts, been at many different bases where the inhabitants were wiped out by the Reapers, and Shepard was captured and put to sleep for two days at the Arrival DLC where a Reaper artifact was just two rooms over fought and killed a human Reaper was at the Collector's Base, fought and killed a Reaper on Rannock, and there are many, many more Those, these are all, you know, one of these can start indoctrination so, there's that the Reaper on Rannock says Shepard and Shepard uh, responds with, you know my name and the Reaper responds with, Harbinger speaks of you you resist, but you will fail that quote was directly towards Shepard no other way around it. Mm-hmm. So that's another one where I think that points towards indoctrination. Um, this is where we get back to Major Coates. Major Coates was supposed to be in the shuttle when you pick, when you were picked up on London by uh, Admiral Anderson. But Major Coates was at the destination prior to your team. And Anderson arriving in the shuttle also was switched from an Alliance sh- shuttle to a Cerberus shuttle. Which is weird because the fly cam showed the Major Coates at the destination before the arrival, but then disappeared and was on the shuttle, which that could be developing, very easily be developing or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the shuttle changing to a service shuttle is kind of weird in my book. But, I don't know. Uh, Anderson makes it very clear that no one retreats during the storm of the Citadel, but Coates uh, called a retreat of the attack right after everyone was wiped out, but he called the attack off right after Harbinger had taken off and left, which that means that's a perfect time for Major Coates and his... You know, group to storm the beam to get up to the citadel, and this is where uh, Coates being indoctrinated it comes into play, because uh, it's in perfect like harmony of the like Harbinger leaving and Coates calling off the attack. So people believe that you know Harbinger can hear Coates because he's indoctrinated. So calling off the attack, that's why Harbinger leaves. And also people said that the Reaper forces always knew where um, the Alliance and everybody was attacking. So the Reapers were always one step ahead of. Yeah, because they had enough
0: people indoctrinated to be able to get information from them. And Major probably. Coates
1: was huge in you know keeping London for as long, but yeah. he's they've he's been fighting at there forever, so right. that could be he could be indoctrinated. Uh, on the storming the beam part, Shepard cannot stand and move, or Shepard can stand on running down the hill, just stand straight for as long as he wants, and Harbinger won't attack him. He leaves him alone, and um, Shepard just. Waits there. Harbinger just takes out troop after troop after troop. So, and Harbinger stopped, stopped attacking Shepard when uh, he was evacuating his squadmates. in the Extended Cut DLC? Shepard, if he has a high EMS rating, can evacuate his squadmates. So, like if you had Ashley and Garris, you. Or Harbinger shoots a Mako tank and, you know, Shepard slides under it, but it, like, knocks back Garris and Ashley, for example. And Shepard runs to their aid, you know, in the Normandy lands and he helps them evacuate. The Reapers. Why wouldn't Harbinger blast the yeah. Normandy and kill Shepard? Which is in my book, he didn't want to kill Shepard at all. He wanted to indoctrinate him, so he wanted to wipe out everyone else, you know, around him. And he couldn't attack the squad mates because Shepard was by them the whole time. Yeah.
2: Is it possible that he he hadn't indoctrinated Shepard at that point, and he was so arrogant as to want to break him that? He started, the harbinger himself started becoming kind of... condescending kind of and... To well, losing himself to his, his own uh, hubris. Yeah. As well, as that possible. could be,
1: but he's programmed. It's, yeah. not like, it's not like he has conscious... I mean, he has thought, I mean, but he's... Say they're... He, they're programmed to do that by... Oh, by the Catalyst? No, I can't talk. Well, I mean, it has something to do with the Leviathan DLC, so I can't really uh, say but yeah. they're programmed. Say it. Well, do you want me to? Okay. Well, the, Levi- yeah. the Leviathan are the creators of the Reapers.
2: You see, that's. You know what? That's also what chaps my asshole a little bit, though, that they did that. Released
1: what? the Leviathan DLC after the.
2: Well, no, that they had a cr- actual, like, linked creator of the Reapers. It's kind of like the the Reapers. Uh, you know, it's almost like. They're this. Man, man doesn't know exactly what created, whether you believe in the Big Bang Theory or you believe in God. Yeah. To a degree. Uh, I mean. Mm. Our say, quote unquote, reaping according to biblical senses, can come from anything—from an Armageddon, alien invasion, whatever. Yeah. But still, the fact of the matter is, there is still that point of which you don't know. But so, but then it goes so i guess—who created the Leviathan? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, but I mean, it's just kind of—and then I'm with you on that, Chris. I see. It, yeah. I do see what you're saying. Definitely. Yeah, because then you started thinking about. Uh,
0: well, it said it. It said someplace in the game that. Or what did I read this somewhere else? Um, no, I think it says it in the game when when you're at the end that that the reapers were created by somebody. It doesn't go into who they were, but the reaper. Are you trying to say that like? I'm de- saying even de- something
2: programmed. Say you know how they say there's ghosts in the computers now. Yeah. Where computers like they can get f- their speed and the complexity of the computer could get to the point where it actually starts developing a consciousness. Yeah. It yeah. has un- <clears throat> unexpected programs. Mm-hmm. It's almost the same thing behind, like, the Reapers. The Reapers, and, like, and it's also, like, examples of, like, pop culture as in, uh, uh, well, AI or whatever. Yeah, no, I,
0: I see what you mean. But I think that is kind of what happened because what the, after the Reapers were created, they harvested their own people that created them. Yeah. Um, wow. to save them. Mm. So there is a little bit of that. I don't know if it explained that in Leviathan. See,
1: in the Leviathan DLC, a lot of the conversation went over my head because I was half paying attention to it, which I, which I didn't get my second playthrough, which I wanted to do before I started this. Yeah. Before this. you do this. Because they go into the Star Child and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like I said, I can't remember a ton of it, but the Leviathan, I th- believe, were the ones who created the Reapers. Yeah. And, said.
0: and the impression that I got, like I said, was that, you know, after after they they create, I don't know why the Reapers were created exactly, but they did turn on the on the Leviathan and harvested them, and you know, to s- store them and save them from themselves. Yeah. Was basically the, the way like, it worked.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just
0: so so that would go along with your ghost in the machine type of thing. Right. Like, you know, uh, you know, that's not why they were made. Probably
2: the conscious. Yeah, their their the consciousness are that that it's kind of like the AI, yeah, movie type. But I, I just I just they, don't like the fact that there was they have a, a creator, creator and stuff like that. Yes, it, I, I definitely see. It could have going. been something that, as simple as like it was always was, and it's up to you to interpret who made them. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, basically, you don't hear see the beam hitting Shepard or the Normandy. So basically, Harbinger, I think, is deliberately missing Shepard. So he can get him one-on-one, knock him down, indoctrinate him. Um, Like I said, Harbinger says serve us before he hits Shepard. Another one is Anderson, who is, you know, with Shepard on this, is not present on storming the beam part. You look around, you can see your squad mates, and you see all these, you know, other soldiers storming it, but... Admiral Anderson is not there, and you figured since him and Shepard you know are close, he would help Shepard evacuate in his squadmates yeah. and stuff like that. But he was not present at all, so that's another one. Uh, when Shepard goes through the beam and gets launched out into the Citadel for the very first time, he falls to the ground. This is in the Excited cut. I don't believe that happened. I don't really remember, but I don't think he gets you know propelled out and falls into the ground in the original one. But he lays there and. You hear this, like, wh- faint whisper, and then you hear Anderson go, Shepard. And Shepard has this, like, neural shock type thing. And he, like, you know, he says Shepard, and, you know, he, like, wakes up and, like, spe- like freaks out real quick because he doesn't, you know, wakes out where you are, where he...
2: Well, isn't he part, part machine? He's part yeah. machine, yeah. So is it possible that some of this, the the electronics that were put in the system... Are fried?
0: They're Reaper tech, too. Yeah. A lot of it's Reaper tech. Yeah. Which goes into, you know, more of the indoctrination theory he's... if he's part Reaper anyway.
1: Yeah. Which, uh, the opinion on this part is that Shepard, you know, Will was about to give in when he was in the rubble to the indoctrination, but since Anderson, who is that, you know, figure in his head that right. is still fighting it, yeah. when Anderson, you know, says Shepard, it wakes him up and keeps him fighting. That's the opinion mm-hmm. that uh, Julianne Cluck had came up with, which I think is yeah good. Um, there's a scene where the reapers, or not the reapers, the keepers are taking a helmet off a soldier on the extended cut, and you can barely see the face. But when you go into fly mode, that body is Major Coates. They're mm. taking his helmet off, <clears throat> and his body is laying there. But when you walk by it, the body isn't there; it disappears. So Major Coates just called off the invasion. Why is he on the Citadel dead? Mm. That's a big one. And there, I guess the guy said that Bioware is famous for you know having hints to feature DLC mm-hmm. in past, or like DLC. He said that in the Extended Cut, people were able to find out the Leviathan DLC through the cat, talking to the Catalyst because, you know, you talk to the Leviathan before you go talk to the Catalyst at the end of the game. So, you know, you can talk about the Leviathan to the Catalyst, and you know, the Catalyst has to, you know, talk about the Leviathan. So that's how that was found. So people believe that seeing Major Coates's body is hinting towards another DLC okay. for that time frame, for post- indoctrination.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: which that very well could be.
2: If that's the case, by more and more I'm thinking by work and shampoo my crap yeah.
1: gets better. The extended cut DLC is over 2 gigabytes, which is uh, more than uh, layer of the Shadow Broker, but layer of the Shadow Broker had far more content in oh, that yeah. game and then um the extended cut and Julian who is a, you know, works with videos and stuff like that said that the videos that were made Added about five minutes worth of you know content mm-hmm. to the game. He said that's not a real lot, and the picture montage adds barely any space. So he said that there's something else in there. Yeah. He thinks
0: two gigabytes is a lot of data for yeah for video that,
1: game. especially. That wasn't a real lot. Added no new areas. Added no new yeah, really just anything. Some video and sound.
2: Yeah, it's not like a whole lot of character models needed to no. be generated that
1: either. So. Nothing. So he thinks that there's definitely hinting. As I said, and
3: People people crack into that stuff all the time though. hasn't that hasn't been done yet?
1: Uh, I mean, I guess not. I haven't heard anything. Okay.
2: Yeah, like the programming. What you mean?
1: Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm not really sure exactly. He just came up with that on his own. Um, Maybe
0: they just knew that they they did a better job of disguising what went in the expansion. Yeah, because they knew people were gonna look at look at it. You know. Because
1: they saw what happened to the Leviathan too. Yeah, which actually right, you know, yeah. That, yeah I guess yeah. But another one is, like I said, Anderson was never present and was storming the, uh, the Citadel with Shepard, which ooh, he would do. Um, he wasn't there for evacuating his squad mates, any of that. And one big thing is Anderson says that he followed Shepard up into the Citadel, which why would Anderson have any injuries whatsoever that he had because Harbinger had left already? Mm. So if he came in after, he would be behind Shepard because the Citadel is a very linear path. There's no way he would teleport anywhere else on the Citadel. And yeah, he, he would have ended up in the same place as Shepard. He should have no injuries because Harbinger had left. Mm-hmm. So that's bullcrap. And then, you know, in the long path where you start on one side and you go down that hill and then you go back up that hill and there's that control room mm-hmm. that Anderson's in, if you start at the v- beginning of that place, you can see into the control room, and there's no, like, shadow or anything like that or a body that you can see. But when you walk down it and go up, you can see Anderson's shadow. But if you go back, it's not there. So... The guy said, you know, why would there be no shadow for that? You mean, because there's no, like, different... I don't remember the exact words he said it, but, like, the distance wouldn't still have a shadow. You'd be able to see a little bit right. of Anderson's body being there. Um, uh, this one isn't too big, but Shepard's voice in the Crucible c- control room was different. The... Uh, uh, Julian explained it as ethereal, which means, you know, a light, ethereal. airy... Ethereal. Yeah, ethereal, yeah, heavenly and celestial, mm-hmm. his voice has that like dreamy sound to it. Mm-hmm. um, the citadel was made by a different race, and the plans to make it were passed down from cycle to cycle because the reapers kept harvesting them, and the you know the first people who made it wanted to destroy the reapers, but why would there be three options for synthesis control and destroy if all they wanted to do was destroy, which is one I found very interesting
2: do you, do you think it's because? I mean, that can be attributed to to the nature of biotics to need choice.
3: Yeah. I don't Survive. know. Well, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little <laughs> confused by that. What do you mean? Like, uh, is that saying that the races before built the three options into the Citadel? Yeah. That's... Oh, no. I'm thinking... Basically, it's... I'm thinking
1: the... go. Sorry. Go ahead. It basically... The people who made the Citadel were the ones who were fighting the Reapers, so and they wanted to very badly destroy the Reapers, so why would they have three options, and two of which that help the Reapers?
0: Oh, and you mean in the making of the Catalyst? And the, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because they would just want to destroy, destroy him, so It, it would just be, be a weapon.
1: They should just be destroy. I see what you're saying. Right. So, okay. you know, giving those three, you know, Shepard doesn't know going into that mission, so the Reapers can do that to mess with his mind. So that's
3: I mean, a good that's, point. That's saying that that part of the citadel shouldn't exist unless it's part of the indoctrination. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. And yeah. It, yeah. Because like, like you know, if you're making a weapon to destroy the reapers, why would the all the races that you know put it together and stuff? Unless somehow I don't know. Unless somehow they managed to, the reapers manage to co-opt it. You know.
1: Very well could be. Yeah. Um. It's and weird. he also said that why is the the crucible area? Like one percent of the weapon, like basically it's one that's just the control panel, and that's like one percent of the thing that's able to fire off. Wouldn't there be a little bit more to it? I don't know if I explained that well at all.
2: You're you're, you're saying that the complexity and the level of destruction that this weapon's allegedly supposed to be able to it unleash is like, should have a lot more controls.
1: Yeah, that's what he said. That's yeah, exactly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But anyway. Also, the Starchild has a obvious bias to synthesis. He says multiple times that, you know, the humans are the race that they would want to synthesize with because they made the human Reaper and stuff like that. And he says that the humans are ready for that when past races have not been. Um, which, you know, why would Shepard be ready for that if he has fought so hard to go against that? There's mm-hmm. another thing I said. And all organics are definitely not in that. Look at the Krogan. The Krogan would not be for that at all. The Torians no. would not be for that. No. None of them would be. No. So why would they, Why would the organics be ready
2: for that? Yeah. Is it, is it because Shepard fought so hard that he almost, like, almost, maybe because the, the Leviathan become a part of the Reapers. Yeah. And you would think that the Leviathan would also want to become organic again, and the way of doing that is by synthesizing with a human, which could mm-hmm. be closely associated with the nature of the Leviathan.
1: See, like I said, the Leviathan I didn't play it a ton. I didn't get my second playthrough to mm-hmm. really pay attention to that. They are basically Reaper, they're Reaper looking. Mm. And they are concerned with harvesting as well.
0: So the reason why why they look why the Reapers look like aquatic creatures is because the, the leviathan. leviathan were aquatic the leviathan
1: creatures. you actually find them in the depths of an o- ocean because you take over an ocean mech and go underwater yeah. and you meet the leviathan race and they say they don't understand what's so special about Shepard because they know about you and they said that they're only concerned with harvesting yeah. but when you go through a dialogue the leviathan finally see like why the reapers have this you know fascination with Shepard.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: that's about as all i can remember from that mm-hmm. um through dialogue, if you choose to refuse what the the options of the Star Child, he goes in a very angry Reaper voice. So be it. Or if you shoot him. Or if you shoot him. Um, and AIs and Vi Vi's yeah don't have like sudden voice changes like that. So the theory is that uh, the Star Child taking the form of you know what's in Shepard's head, the little boy, and being that you know a little innocent voice that Shepard can identify with. You know, Shepard would be like, okay, yeah, I should choose Synthesis or Control because. This kid, who is in my head, says that the Reapers are using what's in Shepard's mind to, you know, break him down more. Mm-hmm. even Because he felt very guilty about not being able to save that kid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he also says that the Reapers harvest the different cycles to stop a war between organics and synthetics. But that contradicts what Shepard just did. He pretty much got the Geth and the Corian to, to work these, together. Supposedly. Supposedly.
0: During some playthroughs, I've well, heard some where that they wiped each other out. weren't so lucky. But if you yeah. were lucky enough to get yeah. those
1: two to work together, the you know the Geth work with you know the Corians, the Turians, the Krogan, the Asari, all of them, the Salarians. Uh-huh.
2: I got them to work together. Yeah, me, me too. too. So
1: that's contradicting what the Reapers are saying. Right, they wouldn't need them anymore. But since Shepard, you know. So the point that julian cluck made that since shepherd has you know did so much work to get so many different races working together the higher your ems is the more since uh shepherd has so much stress on him the easier he can be indoctrinated and fooled is what yeah because you're
0: because you're tired tired yourself out by doing, doing so, much. so
1: much yeah because you got pretty much every race to help Mm-hmm.
2: I was so worn out by the end of that game Me too <laughs> Because I also finished it really late mm-hmm. Yeah I finished it at like 4 in the morning I like think through like, that decision very well Same here. I really felt like Shepard
1: <laughs> Same here um, uh, The Star Child says that Shepard is re- ah, I already said that one actually My bad um, If you choose to control the Reapers Actually I already said that one too uh, Coates is present in the montage at the end of the game Which contradicts him being dead in the Citadel mm-hmm. Now so why would he be present in all three picture montages if he was dead on the Citadel? But he also called the attack off. So which you know which side yeah, is which BioWare is taking right. on that? Um, Shepard is still alive in the destroy ending. That still has not been
0: no. And it appears based on the rubble that Shepard wakes up and that he's still in London.
1: Actually, uh Michael Gamble actually was asked about that, like what rubble was he woken up in and he said rebar, which rebar is something that reinforces concrete mm-hmm. and that was on
0: London. London Yeah, there's not so concrete on the Citadel Crucible.
1: And yeah, and the crucible and everything like that. It's definitely he's definitely waking up in London rubble. Um this is another huge one. There's no possible way Shepard can live through Harbinger's uh laser beam attack. Uh if you watch closely, Harbinger Pretty much vaporizes every organic that runs through to to get disintegrated. If you have a low EMS, your squadmates actually get killed by the laser and they get disintegrated by it. So, and like the laser beam can rip through, you know, the Dreadnought, the Alliance of Dreadnoughts and buildings without, you know, a hitch in it. So, So a
0: human with some armor, me.
1: Even with, yeah, even with armor, (laughs) Shepard should be dead. So, there's definitely something up with that. Uh, Like I said, Julian Kluck said that he pretty much weakened it to be able to have Shepard
0: right get knocked, knocked out knocked
1: down so he can be easier to take control I had a of. question Yes go Corey
3: Don't don't I mean that one kind of I don't really understand either because isn't it Don't people argue that that's after he gets shot when the like indoctrination mirage begins
1: Yeah Basically so, Harbinger
3: so I mean if he's shot and dead then he can just be dead. Yeah, right. So basically the theory
1: is saying that if he was to be killed if if
0: Harbinger was trying to kill him he would have
1: easily. So he just weakened that beam to be able to knock him out so he can, you know, indoctrinate ah, okay, him. I got basically. Um okay. and basically this is the list of things that should have killed Shepard. Harbinger's beam, the extreme loss of blood that he woke up in, um, getting shot by Marauder shields being as weak as he would. Uh, receiving the bullet wound from Anderson, but yet he can still run, walk, and talk as he was fine. The blast off the tubes and the destroy option, the shockwave from the red laser that shoots off from uh, the crucible, the Citadel core blowing up from the crucible firing, Shepard being in space with no helmet on, hey, I'm on the phone. and Shepard falling from London from or falling out of space into London. All that stuff should have easily have killed him, considering yeah. how weak of a state he was in. Um. And like I said, Bioware is still saying that the indoctrination theory is a very valid way of viewing the ending of Mass Effect 3. You know, you can view it as the way that they set up the game, or you can go with the indoctrination theory. Um, but this is the thing that he ended his documentary with. He said that somebody. He said this is still speculation, you know, take it with a grain of salt. You know, he says he personally, this person has contributed so much to the indoctrination theory that he trusts this person. But he said that there's a source that he trusts in BioWare that is working on a massive DLC called Project X. And it's supposed to come out in the first quarter of 2013. Not much has been said about it. You know, BioWare is keeping it very tight. This, Like I said, this is all rumor and speculation. But he said that it is rumored to take place post-indoctrination. So, I mean, you can take that with however you want it. That's what he said he said. He's just wait for it, but he said personally he trust the person who told him this.
0: Yeah. I also heard them Dang. say I also heard them say <laughs> that they they wanted to make it so like or they said that you they're going to come out with such good stuff that you're going to want to hold on to your game forever. Mm-hmm. So far,
1: nothing I, has done. I, There's
0: a few multiplayer stuff and then the Leviathan. Thing. It's what? not anything that would make me me want to keep my game forever.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, like I haven't even been all that compelled to play the Leviathan content yet. Yeah,
1: I mean it's cool, and I, if you're into the lore, definitely get it. It's the gameplay is about two hours of running around in a lab and yeah. one hour of fighting, and like two hours of talking.
0: I'll play it though.
1: It's it's I I mean I really am into the yeah. Mass Spec lore, so I got it. But. Well,
2: I mean you know I'll probably play it when I'm I get that. Urge. Itch, yeah. It. Which I've had that urge. Getting the, the itch is a very powerful thing, but, you know, like I said, um, ultimately, when I hear about all this stuff that Bioware is looking to release and kind of trying to keep people interested so they keep wanting to go after that content, and then they're just going to simplify it and boil it down and spoon-feed it
3: to you, which is very typical of EA. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I once had the urge and, and now I have the itch. You yeah. have the itch. Mm. Uh
0: oh. You mean to get answers or, or to play Mass Effect again?
3: No, that was just some bad sexual innuendo. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh I
0: see. You're trying to say you got herpes. Yeah. Okay.
3: <laughs>
2: the amazing siphon gone. <laughs> And also my article for the full
1: episode, which you probably you're gonna hear before you hear this one, but it's about EA being evil, and he, uh, Frankie Gabo, does talk about Mass Effect 3 ending a little bit. Mm. So that'll be, be, be interesting. Yeah. So I mean, I think personally, the indoctrination <laughs> theory is. Definitely the way they're going to go for it. There are just too many things that watching those documentaries that I'm just like, can't be. Yeah, definitely. And like you
2: said, go for it. Like Corey Watt would like clarify probably is when you say go for it as in that's what they're going to ultimately spoon feed you.
1: That's Yeah, I think that's ultimately what that's going to happen. Which, I mean, that's what – I mean, ever since I've watched the ending, though Dan and Corey showed me the indoctrination theory, I think the way they did it is brilliant, how they went over everyone's head. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone's going to look like real idiots who hated on the ending so much and to see something like that. Mm. But I mean, there are people like who say, like you said, that you like how it was ended, who obviously aren't going to be too happy
2: with it. But you kind of want people to get their comeuppance. Yeah. You see, that's kind of like what I think of as like people that believe, you know, you believe in God, or, or you believe in, you know, you're atheist or agnostic or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's death that kind of answers that question. Yeah, but you still will ultimately in your own personal physical form. You won't know it, and mm-hmm. that's how I was hoping that Mass Effect would be: is that you'll just never know it right now until like, you die. Until Yeah, you die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't Until you die, I, all answers. I
0: don't like that. I want. I want to know. I want to know what their what their vision for the game was. I don't like. I don't know. In in a like in a movie or even a book, fine. Yeah. But in a I game, just
3: say that Dan. Like at the same time, you know, a lot of people appreciate this this high art storytelling. But at the same time, it's still a video game. You well, know? But
2: do you, do you think that's? I mean, we've made the argument that there is this is game like we want games to be almost an art form. Yeah. And do you think that the always spoon feeding is what's preventing it from being an art form?
0: No, I don't think so. I think in this case, for me, for a video game that I've spent. Thousands of hours playing. I want to see the. I want to see the game have like a, a a solid ending. You know, I don't like the. Oh, it could be this. It could be that. I want to know what their plan was for you know Shepherd's end. Yeah. And like the way they have it now, like with with, with the different endings and stuff, and the the one where he wakes up at the end. Like I, I want to know what happened. Yeah. You know, I don't. I, I I need answers.
3: And as as Will said, I think I I think the the more we talk about it, I think you will get your answer. Um mm-hmm. and and I think you know the the idea behind the extended DLC was just to hold people long enough yeah. till they could give you that answer.
0: I agree because I think I well, think unfortunately, it unfortunately
3: w- but I think right. that's what's going to happen. Yeah.
0: No, I think it was better. Um there's a little more uh questions answered, but it's I still don't think it's good.
2: Yeah, I, the agree. Ending. I just I just think that the journey can be more important than
0: No, absolutely. I agree 100% than the conclusion of the journey. Right,
2: because yeah. I would hate for the answer you're being given to be worse yeah. than...
0: Well, I, at this point, like I'm fine with that. I just want to know what happened. You know?
1: There are still so many unanswered questions. The picture montage does yeah. nothing. And that's another thing. Like For fans like you and Corey and Chris, who have been since the beginning, you get a picture montage for your efforts. Yeah. Congra- <laughs> Congratulations. Well, it's, it's,
2: it's kind of, but you know, that's kind of like life, though. I mean, you, you're, you're in, on your deathbed, and you just have a bunch of people standing around with the photos and giving you teddy bears and a couple of balloons and some plants. I mean, it's like, oh, this is the culmination of my life. I'm here shitting myself, and, yeah. and uh, pretty much you dead. Know, and 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 I I got a plant that's probably gonna die because of lack of watering. It, yeah. Um,
3: Which- which just just to put a, a free plug for Freebird Games in here, um, if you any of you play To the Moon, it's a perfect example of that.
1: I just bought that actually, Corey. It's kind of. Did
3: you, did you buy it on Steam? Yeah, it was seven ninety nine, so I got it. That that's awesome. You have Great to price. play it.
2: I'm going to. It's it's kind of like that ten million ending. <laughs> just kind of well, ended. This
3: kind of this kind of takes the idea of that and and makes it beautiful you, you gotta play it like i don't want to spoil it for the because i think everybody should play it yeah
0: i do want to play it cool all right well i guess we should probably end there we should probably get back to our regular episode
3: <laughs> this has been a longer yeah, it's
0: about it'll be about an hour nice yeah
3: Here, here's the thing I, I think uh you know yeah let's, let's conclude we, we covered it all
0: yeah mm-hmm. so what what's everyone conclude Corey, what do you conclude from that
3: I mean i conclude that the more we talk about it and if what will said is true about the 2013 dlc named project x um that reportedly takes place after the the end of mass effect 3 i think we'll get our answer and uh, I'm one of those people that loved the ending of Mass Effect three. I thought it was perfect because here we are still talking about it, and to me, that's what makes something interesting and and fun, yeah um whether you're so... t-
0: whether you're talking about it because you liked it or you're talking about it because you're pissed off about it, it's still interesting to talk about
3: and, and that's where I think it crashes
2: the threshold threshold of being a true art form, yeah,
3: yeah, mm-hmm. and that that's why I appreciated it so much I mean if that d l c comes out, sign me up day one because I was. One of the the few, the proud, that chose Destroy and didn't think twice about it. Yeah. You were the smart one. Oh, aren't you just so pious? <laughs> <laughs> I always pat myself on the back when I get an opportunity and to just, do and that. Just, and, you and should. the fact
2: that you stayed true to, to uh, Ashley. You should because,
0: yeah. I, I mean, my first playthrough, I picked the control option. The same thing. But it's because I had worked so hard to get the Gath and the Quarians to like each other. Did I didn't want to. I didn't want to wipe out the corns. I didn't want to wipe out Edie.
2: See, I did the- Yeah, the synthesizing. You mean?
0: No, I did the control. I
2: did synthesize, which BioWare did a beautiful job indoctrinating everyone.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. That means I would have been indoctrinated.
2: Yep. Oh my god, I'm totally indoctrinated. <laughs> so Corey's yeah, only saved Corey's <laughs> only one that wouldn't have
0: been indoctrinated.
2: But how do you know we didn't save humanity, Corey?
3: Well, I guess we'll find out. It's all yeah. but it's
2: all about your definition of saving,
3: right? because if you were in indo- well yeah i guess i mean you'd have to ar- you'd have to argue like would the endings if you chose in you know the indoctrination choices would the endings be what they said they were you know
0: well yeah i mean i think what happens was if if the ending of of the game is literal and you chose controller synthesis um you would technically save humanity because they'd be uh internalized in a reaper you know yeah or- So, in a way, you're saving. If you consider that saving, you're a a slave or whatever.
2: It's kind of like the second coming of Christ.
0: Yeah, exactly like that.
1: I just want to give this thought. Okay, go ahead. Real quick. I mean, if you choose destroy, he takes a breath. He obviously is going to live. But if you choose synthesis or control... You know, what are you going to do basing off this? So I just thought about this. What if, like, you c- take control of your love interest? So, like, I chose Ashley yeah. for that playthrough for the mm-hmm. whole game. Could you imagine controlling Ashley and seeing an indoctrinated shepherd and having to fight him and try and kill mm. him? Oh, that, about, would, that, that would be. That would tug at the heartstrings. Yeah, I would ball. I don't cry. Uh-oh.
2: Well, the thing is about the I breath. I cried thing.
0: several times during Mass Effect 3, by the way. The,
2: the, the breath thing. He might, he might not need breath. When he's a, you know, when you're a Reaper or, you know, when you're synthesized. Or. Yeah. It's a very interesting
1: thought, though. Yeah. This game's a masterpiece. Yeah.
2: Anyway. Yeah, I, I think that I kind of agree with Corey that it's going to, you're going to get your answer. I hate the fact that we're all going to get our answer. Yeah. Um, but it's going to happen. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we're going to end this episode, Hangover episode 50, or for episode 60, rather, and uh, yeah, I'm your host, Dan.
2: America. Well, it's nice hearing from you, Chris. Corey. <laughs> All right. Thanks
0: for listening. Get out of my basement. One, two, three, four.